You are listening to Two Jerks, One Vote, and we're Jerkatorium doing music reviews for the Nurein 16 Round 2 songs, all entitled Drag Me Around. You never thought you'd have to write a song with some traffic sounds and a cameo from your mom, but it's two in a week and it better be strong or else you're gonna get eliminated. You never thought you'd have to write a song in 11-8 with the stupid random title you hate, but it's due in a week and it better be great or else you're gonna get eviscerated. Welcome to Nerine, you're gonna have a bad time. You'll flounder and flail and embarrass yourself, you'll strain and you'll fail and endanger your health. Welcome to Nerine. It's not gonna be fine Yeah, you're gonna lose it You're gonna lose this Nerine Do you want to introduce ourselves? Oh yes, that's right uh, I am Ryan uh, I'm half of Jerkatorium And now also sort of All of Hanky Code And half of Matchy Matchy And half of all the robots And uh, that's about that and I am Chumpy, and I am all of Chumpy, and half of Jerkatorium, and that is about that. Uh, we are fairly regular songfight contributors, or at least we were up until the last year or two ago. Yeah, we still had some, I think, in early this year, or no, early 2020. So yeah, it's been over a year, I yep. think. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, I've been doing some stuff, but you've been laying pretty low. You did do the vocals for the cover of High and Higher by Lycanthrope. Oh, yeah, that was I really enjoyed that. That was a good song. It was. It was. I'm really glad with how that turned out. Really happy. And uh, I think Lycanthrope was pretty happy with it, too. But Yeah, yeah I think we need to dig through Lycanthrope's back catalog and mine it for more gold, because I'm sure there's more there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought his song for round one or round zero, I guess, of of this Narine was good too. I thought it was, you know, new and interesting, and he had some new sounds in there. So it's a little disappointed that he got uh, cut out, but you know, you got to find somebody to cut. So, all right, well, uh, this podcast is for Narine sixteen round two, the drag me around challenge, which uh, had the extra challenge of. Having to be a link between the round zero song and the round one song that were previously submitted by each person. So it had to be the bridge between those two songs. And um, uh, we're not going to cover round zero or round one. We are going to skip that. We're not going to bother getting caught up, I think. We're just going to start from here. You all get a pass on the challenge from us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just you know sort of go into some of my comments though about the the previous rounds and everything. Sure. Um, first off, uh, the listening parties. I'm amazed that more people aren't attending the listening parties, and that's for both Narine and Songfight. I don't get why they aren't attended by nearly everyone competing. And um, I've attended some of the Songfight listening parties with like 30 bands competing, and there's only like five people in attendance. I think more people are attending these Narine listening parties, but still, I kind of feel like there should be more uh, folks on that. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think, like, people want sort of real-time feedback on their songs. That's a great place to get it, because there haven't been a lot of reviews um, recently, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, 
just fire up this podcast again. I feel like there's been a lot of effort put into these songs over the last three rounds, and like there's been a number of one-sentence flippant reviews from the judges, and I'm like, shit, these people deserve better than that. And we can certainly do better than that. Absolutely, yeah. And, I, yeah, I'm just kind of a little surprised and disappointed by, by some of that stuff. Um, speaking of, I, I think the, you know, well, we know that the anonymous judging is back. And yeah. the anonymous judging scores is not as cool, I think. It's a little maybe cowardly and bad. And if people don't want to stand by their scores, then maybe they shouldn't be judging. So if um, if somebody were to come back to me and say, well, it's just more difficult to post scores that way and the scores would get out later or something like that, then I'd be like, okay, well, that's reasonable. But no, I just think it's because people want to be able to, to hide and not have to... Uh, not have to justify their scores. Not that they need to be justified, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking to on Slack about this and he said, you know what? I was the asshole last time around who insisted on the reviews being anonymized or the scores being anonymized. Cause I just thought it would be fun to watch people like guess who the judges were. And like, I, I, I thought I'd really enjoy that. But people don't guess. I mean, we were trying to guess back in, when we were doing our rounds, but uh, I don't think that's a thing, really, is it? I don't know. I mean, other than us? I mean, but... I mean, I think it, everybody wants to know who the who the dumbass judge who gave them a one was. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there. I don't think that there's a lot of... I don't think people are just sort of guessing on the, the, the boards, for example. Yeah, not in a place where they could really delight in that, so... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But uh, but also this round it might just be my imagination, but it looks like the disparate scoring is worse than usual. I mean, there's a plenty of that every Narine, but this time around, they they do look like there's a lot of wacky, you know, two <laughs> people putting them in the top three and three judges voting them all right along the bottom, and yeah. some people getting through, you know, that maybe and we can comment on this during this thing because I mean all these songs have already been judged we are right, getting right. in late with this podcast but uh, but yeah it's it's kind of weird how late these um, you know these disparate scores are remaining uh, in the mix here so very strange okay I'm just going to run run through some other ideas that I had uh, I think Bafo Yucks Dudes was eliminated too early for a great song uh, maybe their best song that I've heard from them ever. So that's a shame. I get it, but it's still a shame. Um, I think the Paradolia challenge with the field recording was a bad challenge designed to mess up songs. Uh, it resulted in good songs in spite of that, but for the most part, the field recording elements were bad and unnecessary and tacked on. I think it's possible to judge a competition without being blatantly discouraging, but I don't think it's possible for Johnny Cashpoint to judge a competition without being unnecessarily blatantly discouraging. And uh, other than that, I think most of the Drag Me Around songs uh, are a little sluggish, and I'm wondering if competitors are already fatigued. That's yeah. my list of hot takes. My hot take was that if I didn't know better, I would say the challenge was to include bird noises at the end of your song this round because so many songs did, trying to bridge the gap between their, you know, round zero song and their bird sound song. So, yeah. Yeah, it did sort of, you know, 
help force the bridge. It's it's like, okay, regardless of what this song is about uh, or how much of a stretch it is to bridge these two songs, at least I have some A-U-R-A-L oral kind of a link. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. And, and some competitors, I think, did that better than others, but we'll get into that when we get into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. I should also mention that uh, a couple of things. I listened to this on the earbuds, uh, Apple brand earbuds, so you know, not not the worst, but I didn't have these high tech headphones or anything while I was listening to them, and uh, so I don't know if that affected some of the sound quality or anything. If it did, I sort of apologize, but on the other hand, I am experiencing this song like most people would experience this song. So if it sounds bad on earbuds, then your song is not mixed right. Yeah. I listened um, on crappy laptop speakers the first time, and then the second and third time I had decent headphones on, so I think okay. I got the full experience. That's good. All right. Um, also, um, I think I can speak for both of us. We didn't go back and listen to these songs each in order with, you know, round zero, uh, and then this drag me around, and then round one. So we didn't listen to... Uh, it was semi precious. Semi precious. So we didn't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we didn't listen to. Oh, although somebody mentioned in the boards, I noticed that he bridged the songs in the opposite direction, which is not against the rules. So regardless, we didn't listen to them in any order. We, I just listened to the uh, the drag me around songs, and I had heard the previous songs, the round zero and round one songs during the listening parties, which I attend. Sometimes I lurk, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm doing other stuff. I'm, I'm cooking dinner or something while listening. But, uh, but yeah, I try and attend and I try and comment. But, uh, but anyhow, yeah, so I listened to them, but uh, I didn't listen to them again in order or anything like that. So these are just for the drag me around songs. Uh, pretty much out of context, pretty much just on their own as individual standalone songs. Cool. What do you say we get into it? Okay. Um, I listened to them in the order on the website after judging. So do you, oh. did you do them in? Uh, I, well, what I did is I, I listened, I think I uh, organized them alphabetically. So I have balance lost first on my list. Okay, I'll just have to shuffle around a bit. But I can shuffle, too, if we'd rather go in order from best to worst. But I think it might be more interesting to go alphabetically so we don't talk about all of the sort of highly rated songs first. That sounds good, because that way the the podcast would get worse and worse and worse and worse. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So it's like we'd be saying progressively terrible things. Yeah, so let's do alphabetic. You're right. Cool. So Balance Lost is first on my list alphabetically. In your eyes The windshield shows a vacant sky That rains down nothing on the lives Of the inhabitants Yet somehow they seem satisfied There's nothing you can show That I've not seen before
I can start off. Um, so let's see. I, I really like the sound of the distorted guitar riff right at the start. Uh, the verse melody I thought was pretty boring. It like, doesn't really go anywhere interesting. It just kind of meanders in the same uh, low vocal register. And it doesn't grab me, which is too bad because I think it's like an extended... I think it's two verses pushed together. It's like 16 bars, which is a really long time to be not grabbed in a song. And um, the first chorus, like, there is some good contrast, which improves things. Like, it's in a higher register, and the vocal melody has some leaps, and it, lin- and it ends on a literal high note, which I appreciate... Like, it's good to have a melody that has some direction and has some sort of finality to it, which I like. And I think the second verse is a little bit better. It changes up the melody a little bit. And, you know, in the second verse, I'm also noticing that the bass playing is really good and it's got a nice tone to it. And then, you know, um, towards the very end, there's this REM jangly guitar sound after the final chorus, uh, which I think is good. Um, I think the choruses sort of saved this song for me. This would be kind of a eh, not very interested in this song thing if the choruses weren't as good as they are, which, uh, you know, this is the top half of the songs for me, thanks to the strength of the chorus and that jangly REM guitar at the end. I agree. I thought it was an excellent chorus. Uh, I thought all in all, the uh, the song was kind of slow uh, or at least kind of non-aggressive for Balance Lost. Uh, but it was an excellent chorus. Uh, I thought it was great production throughout the song. I have a couple of very specific criticisms. Now, <laughs> uh, the lovely chorus has a really good vocal harmony on it, but on that line, when you drag me around this town, uh, at the very end of the chorus, both voices end up on the same note on the word town. So the harmony and the lead end up on the same note on the very last word. Uh, It could have been a great ringing climactic high harmony, but instead it's a bit of a letdown like the harmonies end too early. Uh, You know, they end just before what should be the climax of the chorus, that last word. But anyhow, otherwise, you know, it was a good song. Oh, uh, the other thing was I thought the fade out was too fast at the very end of the song. But, but otherwise, yeah, I, I like the song a lot. Um, if you're going to do harmonies, do all the harmonies. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to have unison bits in the harmony if that happens to work out that way, like if it might clash with something else that's happening. But yeah, I think of the end when it's a high note, when it's like the end of the chorus, it probably should be harmonized. I thought it would really make it ring, yeah. you know, if it if it would have just contained that. But instead, it's like it's like two voices, and then it just kind of links into one voice, which is a bit of, was a bit of a letdown for me. But I mean, a minor, tiny, little detail. But uh, I noticed it, and I was thinking, like, oh, if it was me, <laughs> I'd do that different, <laughs> <laughs> right? Cool. So, uh, what do you say we talk about Berkeley social scene next? Sounds good. This one was really all too much I'll be haunted for so long The dog in the well, the guy in the past Everything was wrong I hid my eyes from the screen I was shaken to the core Women killed and skimmed to make a dress I just can't anymore See, oh, you drag me 
Right. I have a lot to say about this chorus, too. I thought this is a very Geech song, you know, and that's good. It's fine. Uh, but this is the m- most boring and repetitive chorus I've heard in a long time. Uh, it's almost the same thing four times in a row during the chorus. And this song does that pet peeve thing of mine. I know, I know exactly what you're going to say. Say it then. <laughs> it emphasizes the word too. Like it's like the chorus goes, you drag me around to these places I want to see. And like, why is the word too emphasized? Like it's the highest note in the chorus and it is held for a long time. And it's the fucking word too. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because that's not what I was going to oh. say. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So I'm really glad that I, yeah. Uh, but no, what I'm saying is that, um, The song does that pet peeve thing where it's like the whole song stops more or less between every section. So like there's an intro, then a pause, then a verse, then a pause, then a chorus, then a pause, and then the second verse. It's like they just sort of like stop things and and like the guitar stops moving and there's a little sort of just a break in between. It's like, okay, done with the verse, pause, let's move on to the chorus. And, you know, I want transitions. I want fills, I want continuity, uh, but uh, other than that, I thought it's a, it's a fine vocal performance and great, great, great guitar work. It's just that I, you know, I had those other mean things I said about it earlier. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff to like in this. Like, um, I like the interplay and the verses between the sung and the talk sung bits, which I think gave it kind of a cool post punk sort of sound, like you might hear in a Gang of Four song, um, except. Obviously, they'd be in British accents, but still pretty cool. Um, but, like, and some of the lyrics just I didn't like. Like, you know, I'm listening to the song, I'm bobbing my head, I'm trying to get into it, and out pops from the speakers, killed and skinned around to make a dress. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's, where's Silence of the Lambs come in? And then a little <laughs> later, it's like, uh, I was attacked three years ago. And it's just like more what the fuck. And then I read the liner notes, and apparently the Round Zero song was from the perspective of the dog from Silence of the Lambs, who is named Precious. And now the narrator is mad at their partner for, like, dragging them around to inappropriate movies and stuff, and just, ugh, ugh. Uh. Like... Like, logically, I can see what led them to write songs with these topics, but did they ever consider that these are terrible topics to express <laughs> in a three-and-a-half-minute rock song? It's just, like, not every idea works in a musical context. Yeah. And I, and I think yeah. this is just the challenge, screwing up these songs. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But, I mean, if you... I guess if you immediately go to silence of the lambs with a title like semi-precious then maybe it's not the challenge's fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah semi-precious what's the most messed up (laughs) 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 sort of connection that i have with that it's Uh, just pretty random but okay i mean it's still a good song they they still have great production values and they can rock and groove like they do a lot of things right just some some sort of things that irk me yeah, and I like Geech's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, all right. All right, who's next? Uh, Brown Word and the Big Wine. I used to think you were special. I put you on my pedestal. I used to think you were non-pretentious. 
first okay and um other than the that it has the word me thinks in it which makes me cringe every time i hear it um i like the singing um i love i I think the drum machine and the deep bass and the plinky electric piano all create a really cool vibe that works and um and the tempo change and then the electric guitar slides in and the tempo increases and i'm like what this is great and then like at that point the song just owns me and I'm all into it and I'm like this is super cool and then we drop back into the uh, second verse and I'm grooving to it a little bit you know and then I like the second half of the second verse when the guitar starts to noodle on top of the verse although I think there may be a few mischosen notes in there but overall I think it's good Um, and then when the second chorus comes in I know it's coming but I still really like it and I think it's awesome like that double time thing is super cool and um, and then like at the sort of the end, the, there's a line: "Today is the day, is the day." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And then later, the last line is: "Today is the day, y'all stop dragging me around." And then I kind of get it, and I'm like, "Cool, this song's cool. I like it." Um, your review is kind of like making me rethink my uh, thoughts about the disparate scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like this so much. This, this song wasn't for me. Uh, the vocal line is dissonant with a piano and maybe the guitar, and I'm sure that was a conscious artistic choice. Uh, but to me, it was sort of off-kilter in a way that I didn't enjoy. Um, now, off-kilter isn't bad. You know, like if Jocko homomorphism did this sort of thing, uh, I might like it better because, you know, that sneer in the vocal uh, performance wouldn't be, uh, you know, omnipresent throughout the lead vocals. So, um yeah. You know, but uh, you know, uh, there there is a lot of stuff to enjoy, and I like it when people take these you know strange sort of directions with uh, again the, what I think is a pretty dissonant combination of vocals and piano and uh, guitar. But uh, but yeah, also I do love that line: uh, "You're all faces in the clouds," uh, which I thought that was great writing because you know you think faces in the a face in the crowd or something like that, but faces in the clouds is also neat and it does fit with the the pareidolia yeah sort yeah. of a, a notion also but, bird but yeah. noises at the end <laughs> i thought that was mandatory <laughs> check yeah all right ryan do you want to lead us off with budget bears semi convinced you saw me as a chain around your ankles though i aimed in vain to raise you on my shoulders Summer's almost here, or it would be in most years But somehow this one's only getting colder Alerts on my phone of memories together 
Nostalgic for the company and also for the weather. You didn't have to drag me around. If I was such a drag to be around. If I was holding you back. Thank you for cutting me some slack. You didn't have to drag me around. If I was such a drag to be around. If I was holding you back. Thank you for cutting me some slack. Budget Bears. I thought it was a good song with good lyrics. Um, I like when a lot of layers drop out at the beginning of the chorus and it, you know, you really sort of get the the great sort of melody, but uh, still somehow it's not one of my favorite Von Vorten slash Vowel Sounds slash Budget Bears songs, you know, uh, something typical about the general design of the song or the format or the arrangement. But um, yeah, I think the chorus saves it. It's a, it's a great chorus. He did a wonderful job on this. Uh, just maybe not my favorite Budget Bears song ever. Yeah, there was something about it that didn't really grab me either, but I could see the artistry in it. Or I could, I guess I could say I could hear the artistry in it. Like, Vom knows how to keep you interested in a song as it develops with all the layering he does. So, like, the first verse starts out and it introduces the vocal melody, but it keeps the harmony, like, really subdued. There's sort of these uh, sustained strummed single guitar chords, and there's very light, light tapping on the drums. And then in the second half of the verse, it picks up, like the drums come in longer, and then the chorus guitars get livelier. And that change of gears sort of propels you from the first half of the verse into the second half of the verse. And usually the first verse section is kind of long, and if the verse isn't great, it can be kind of a drag. So it's great to do these things to keep you interested as it goes. And then, like, I thought the pre-chorus had a nice soar to it. And then, you know, uh, he also had a quieter, like, first half of the first chorus. And then it builds to a more raucous version of the second half of the chorus. Like, it's, and it's, you know, it gives you a sense of dynamics and there's change and movement. Like, all of these things I can appreciate for the arrangement techniques that Baum uses really well. Like... He keeps, you know, he uses dynamics well. He keeps you, like, interested in the song and pulls you through it for the entire, like, two and a half minutes. And I also thought it was an interesting from an arrangement perspective that the song ends on the bridge, um, which I thought was cool. Like, but, yeah. you know, this song appealed to me intellectually, but, like, it wasn't, like, my favorite. Yeah. And he's also got just a lot of general charm and yeah. uh, sort of a, a good... Uh, approachable singing voice you know it's like there's there's always something you know nice about uh von vorten song a budget bears song i guess but uh but yeah yeah and it was about a relationship gone sort of sideways right it wasn't about silence of the lambs <laughs> next up is cave dwellers i know
So uh, let's see. I listened to this song twice before I ever looked at the lyrics or read anything about what it was about. And on the first two listens, like, I got some notion that it was about shutting down a smoking section in a restaurant or something, which I thought was, like, really weird and random. And I I also, you know, I thought the song should have been called Shut It Down, because, you know, I hate when there's a prominent vocal hook in the chorus and it's not the song title. But anyway, I, I won't get into that. Um, oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it with another song. <laughs> we will. We yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, and then I popped open the boards and I like looked at the lyrics and like I read some of the backstory of the song. And <laughs> here's the quote from the backstory. In which the st- striving fake Rolex wearer from the semi-precious becomes the new manager who shuts down Clyde's murderous friend's smoking section as described in Periodolia. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> is this, like, what you want to devote a three-minute rock song to? Like, this is not a love song. It's not about girls. It's not about cars. It's not about girls and cars. It's not about surfing or relationships or sticking it to the man. It's like trying to shut down an establishment's smoking section. Just Well, do we, do we get to at least lay partial blame on the challenge? Yeah, I'm going to blame the challenge. Like, okay. I, I yeah. know they'd rather find something else to write about than having to bridge their two kind of, you know, previous weird songs together. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this song was well-performed. It had some pretty harmonies and melodies. It just had a tough time getting into the concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you saved the timing for me <laughs> because that's, a, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about with this song. Um, the verses are in 5-4, and then it switches to a 3-4 time chorus and bridge. Now, that's fine. It works. It's a good melody. It's good verses, good chorus. But my inner Philistine says, you know, <laughs> why not just make it catchier and more relatable by making the whole song three three-quarter time? You know, what do you gain with the 5-4? You know, because I think you do lose some vibe or groove or at least relatability and connection with 5-4. Uh, this is better 5-4 than most people who might attempt 5-4 would get. But and, and you, but I, I still think you lose uh, people with the 5-4. You lose groove, you lose vibe. Uh, the vocal performance is excellent, though, and the guitar work is excellent. Yeah. Um, the background synths and whatnot are a muddy mess, though through a lot of the song and I was kind of like thinking well maybe uh, you, I, I know how you kind of like fall into this rabbit hole of trying to find the right tone or something like that but the mix of the synthesizers and the guitars I think just made everything all swampy uh, in the background for parts of the song and I was like eh, that's not ideal yeah and it also made like the understandability of the lyrics a little hard at times too because that muddy mid-range was conflicting with some of the the uh like some of the vocals yeah but i've never not liked truth singing there's there's nothing that he's sung that i haven't enjoyed so yeah he's he's very very talented very very uh charismatic voice so really good all right let's move to crown shy
I think you're up on this one. Okay. Crown Shy. So this was voluntary. This was uh, something that she won the last round. So she just submitted this one. If if I this is correct, right? Yeah, what I'm saying yeah, is right. Yeah. So she submitted this one despite not needing to. Yeah, it's technically a shadow. Yeah, and this is owl, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the talk singing verses are not my thing. You know, she's got such a beautiful singing voice that uh, I always just like to hear her singing. Um, but still, uh, the talk singing is fine, I guess. But. Uh, it's never my favorite choice. Um, good backing vocals, uh, but there's this A note, this A sort of ooh that's mixed high enough to overpower the other oohs uh, most of the time that it's there. Uh, it's a really cool song, but if she weren't immune, I feel like she'd land somewhere close to the middle uh, than you know closer to the top with this one in particular. I'm kind of wondering if maybe she took some chances and kind of tried some different things because she knew she could. Yeah, I think you may be right. Like, I don't think she would have done talk singing if she wasn't immune. Um, and, like, I'm not a big fan of talk singing either, but, like, uh, I kind of like it when what she's talk singing or just speaking uh, is cool. So she's saying, like, interesting things that catch my attention, like, uh, she likes them because they're pretty. Is it useful to be pretty? I don't know. Is it useful to be pretty? I, I guess so. Having never been pretty, I don't know. But, uh, and then, like, the spies from Beijing have their tentacles everywhere. They're watching her computer through her USB ports. That was just cool. It just stuck out. Yeah. So, like, as yeah. you're listening, like, you know, the verses are at least keeping you interested. And you're like, what? What, is, what did she say? Uh, which I think is cool. Um, I, I think there's some cool syncopated guitar, like skank sort of guitar sounds on the offbeats, which I think sound really cool in the verses that I like. And um, I really like the way she rocks the mod wheel on the synth and the chorus. Like it's this sort of retro new wave sound that I think is really cool. And there's like this lo-fi aesthetic through the song, which I like. Um, so yeah, I, I would mark this in the top half. Like I like the song and would listen to it again, but... Not her best work, but still pretty good. Yeah. All right, next up we got Ever Knievel. So you tell me that we cannot be anything anymore, but we can still be friends. Send me precious to you, well, I guess it'll do. It still feels like an end. And you drag me around. Well, the bars you like Drag me around For a dip in the pool Yeah, and you drag me around As if nothing had changed at all Drag me around Like some kind of fool Yeah So how could you have known That I did not grow you Like I you think You know what's interesting This is the lowest ranked song uh, Of the contest That was not eliminated Which is which struck me as weird Because this is one of my absolute favorite songs This round I thought the, synth, the synths were super effective Like I really dug that sound it was kind of like a... It was almost like Disco Soul or something. It was great. I really liked it. And, like, the, the melody... Like, melodies were right on. Like, in the, right in a way in the verse melody, I liked it. 
I like the singing, even though at times like you can hear some auto-tune artifacts that I didn't really like, but still, uh, I, I love the melodies. And um, the lyrics were also interesting. Like, there's that line about holes and veins being like secrets in Morse code, which like I thought was super cool. And I was like, what? What did he just say? <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like this. The vibe of this song worked for me, and it just made me feel good listening to this multiple times. Like some of the instrumental pieces in this, I thought were like just got me feeling kind of good. Like I, I like this song a lot. Yeah. Uh, when it first started up, I thought the voice sounds a little like Glenn Raphael from Spin Tunes. Oh yeah. And. Um, uh, and I thought, well, okay, this is a, a pleasant, upbeat song, which is really good, which uh, there wasn't a lot of in this uh, this round. Uh, and I love this melody, just like you did. I just love <laughs> awesome. this melody. I'm glad. Yeah. The lyrics are a little dark. Uh, there's a lot about sort of addiction, and uh, it, it casts a pall a bit. But um, I think this is, all in all, one of my very favorite songs of this round. Uh, I don't know how it got such a bad scores from three judges and almost got eliminated. You know, I just don't get it because it's just so, you know, it's just so hoppy and poppy and you you just want to sing along. It's uh, just the the lyrics, the cadence, and uh, just the delivery is just fantastic. I love this song. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. So if we were judging, this one would be near the top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We would be the two judges who kept it in the <laughs> <laughs> in the top kept it half into the next round yeah. yeah so i don't i don't again i just i'm amazed uh at uh this is one of those that had a huge disparity two judges liked it a lot three judges hated it yeah. and there's a few of those uh, that uh that kept them either you know got people eliminated or got them close to the bottom when maybe they shouldn't have or kept them in the show when maybe they shouldn't have and we'll go over some of those later in the alphabet yep Speaking of the alphabet, we're on G for governing dynamics. Down a melancholic tonic of indifference, positional transmission, bouncing off insulated resistance, flawless oral thoughtless charmer, entre general debater, check me, you try to play a player. I'm committed to this crime, obvious waste of my time. I thought this is a cool song. Uh, I thought the approach to the verses uh, seemed pretty original and effective. Uh, the chorus is good. Um, that bridge, the you know that key sort of phrase, "antisocial drinker." It's a, it's a really nice phrase. Yep. Um, the, there's a very expressive vocal performance, and uh, I like this song. But it's a little laid back for me, and. So, you know, I'm not, probably not going to get it onto my Zune playlist, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's a fine enough song. I thought it was strong. 
Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I love the verse lyrics. Like they kind of have that Bob Dylan subterranean homesick blues sort of sort of rhyming scheme that I like. Like flawless armor, thoughtless charmer, armchair general debater, checkmate. You tried to play a player. Uh, just like they they just roll off the tongue and the rhymes come fast and they're good rhymes and like the the lyrics are not on the nose. They're kind of vague and cool. I mean, I definitely like the verse. And then. Um, and like obviously if you if you have dynamics in your name you're going to be good at dynamics and like there's some quiet parts and loud parts and like the right before the 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 bridge there's some really good dynamics and the bridge is just has a nice change of pace and sounds cool and it's got that antisocial drinker line in it um yeah good stuff and then like uh, i really loved how the singer went for broke on the final chorus like there's like the the choruses get like multi-tracked vocals sort of at the ending choruses and they go into a much higher range of the singer's voice and the singers just push in their voice and you can tell that they're like emotional and they're making a statement and it sounds exciting so uh, I really like the end of the song and I thought that this song earns its five minute length like I was not looking at my watch <laughs> and any of my listenings on this song so. So, I, good job. This is also in the top half for me. Yeah. I didn't even know that it was five minutes. It's just, I guess that's a good indicator that it, you know, didn't drag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, next up, we've got Grumpy Mike. You better take, or you'll be taken. You better speak, or you'll be spoken to. Better wake, or you'll be woken up just like me from the fiery cackles of hell. They've been dragging me around, making me do their bidding. They've been And um, like the first thing I thought is, is is there a better MIDI horn patch <laughs> available to you? Because this this one is kind of cheesy. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of which is kind of a bummer because it's the first thing you hear at the start of the song and it goes for a little while. Although once the song gets going, I didn't really notice. Um, and like I'm enjoying the sort of pattern of the verse lyrics. And on the second verse, I think I can predict the next line. And uh, I'm always, I'm happy when I can't, which I think is cool. So I'm always a bit surprised and pleased with the choice uh, of the next line on the early listens. So, uh, you know, you need to strike before you're... And I was pretty sure he was going to sing struck, but it's stricken instead. And then, like, uh, you need to pray that you're not... And I'm like, oh, what is it? And then it's preyed upon, which I thought was cool. So it, it's good, you know, when the, the kind of turns of phrase are... Like, you, you, they're not predictable, and you're like, oh, that's cool, I like that. Um, I don't really know what the song's about, and I'm sure there's some tie-in to his first two songs about, like, why the narrator is obsessed with hell and perdition and all the things the narrator's obsessed with, but 
I don't really care about any of that. I just think it's like a good song that I never really wanted to skip when it came on. So it, it stood up to multiple listens. Uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, one thing I don't normally complain about drum sounds, but I feel like the snare kind of is maybe a bit too snappy and it sticks out of the mix and just jumps out a little bit. But that was about the only criticism I had. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, uh, Grumpy Mike, Manhattan Glutton, I think that uh, he's, he's generally really reliable, meaning like we can always get something that's uh, either a real showstopper or at least something very interesting. And, you know, I, I like that I can, you know, depend on hearing something new from him. And this is different, definitely. But just listening to it, I'm like, oh, oh, grumpy Mike, what are you doing? You know, I, I feel like he needed fresh ears and another couple of days for this. Uh, all of the instruments sound fake and yeah. bad and are mixed poorly. Uh, the backing vocals are not timed well at all. And if that sloppiness was meant to convey a sort of a laid back and easy delivery, then that didn't work. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't imagine Grumpy Mike fans enjoying this. And I'm sure, you know, fans of this song's genre wouldn't enjoy this. So I don't know who it's for. Um, I thought it's a miracle he survived this round, but somehow two judges loved this song while the other three put him near the bottom, just like a couple of songs ago. Um, I liked Grumpy Mike's uh, Paradolia song a lot, uh, but I think this Drag Me Around is a big misstep. I just didn't enjoy it. I thought, that, and the more that I looked into it, the worse it got. <laughs> Maybe it's good I didn't look too closely. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have to, you know, adjust your focus yeah. to a song. So what I did was I thought, this is bad, and then I looked into it more, and it's like, maybe I'm wrong, and oh, no, I was not. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you didn't think it was bad, then then your experience of it is pure and fine and, <laughs> uh, and good on you. All right. On that note, let's move on to Hyde. Back when I could count my August on my When I'd fall down more often than I'd stand Figures towered over and grabbed me by the arm And leaned on me and told me just be quiet, take the harm Mine, you can drag me around, take relief from your grief. I swear won't make a sound. I'll spend 18 years assuring you that you've done nothing wrong. But one thing you can be sure of when I leave you, I'll be gone. I thought her voice is just wonderful, yeah. and it's so expressive. And the song kind of reminded me a bit of PJ Harvey. Um, and I love that change up, you know, uh, between the uh, the verses and the the chorus. So I'm, I'm assuming the ukulele part is the chorus. Yep. Um, the percussion is good and interesting, and it sounds really nice. Uh, and that ukulele is used unlike how the ukulele has been overused for the past decade or so. It's like you know, a punk rock ukulele. 
Yeah, it's like not the kind of you know she's she's got a wonderful beautiful voice and she's playing a ukulele and that is when you hear beautiful <laughs> voice and ukulele, I, I imagine you might groan right. It's like <laughs> yeah. oh another one of these, but this is not another one of these. This is a wonderful, lovely, kind of interesting and beautiful song. A good take on it. Um, so yeah, uh, I enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, I, I also like the drums, and it's kind of cool. Like parts of the drums are quiet, and then there's like this floor tom or something that is loud and then rings a bit, so it's like kind of wakes you up as you're listening. And you know, uh, there's some good harmony vocals and stuff on this, and her voice is great. I love the way the ukulele comes in, just like you. Like the drums drop out, and the punk rock ukulele comes in. Super effective ch- change. Like there's no doubt in your mind that you're listening to a different section of the song, right? And it's an effective piece of arranging. But, like, what really got me, not just the, the, like, arrangement and the singing, but was the poetry and the lyrics. So, like, how much better is it to say, uh, back when I could count my August on my hands, back when I'd fall down more than I'd stand, than uh, when I was young. You know, (laughs) it's like a much cooler way of saying that. And then, like, I also like the line, you slept beneath my bedsheets. Um, which is way better than saying you are my lover or uh, and then your jaw clenched pipe wrench tight, which I thought was, you know, I could see that and I could like I got that. It was just it was really cool, like way to use like evocative language to tell your story. And the story's cool, too. It's like you're becoming your mother, <laughs> like or maybe that you inherited some of the things that you hate about your mother. And that's kind of that's kind of weird. huh? What what have you done? Yeah. And uh, what you've done is make a great song. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the judges on this one. Like they got this one right. Absolutely. The, I, those sound like real drums. I I don't know for sure, but if they're fake drums, then she's got great fake drums because they sound like not perfect. Yeah. You know, in in the best way possible. So yeah. Great stuff. All right. So next up, we've got Hot Pink Halo. When I first heard this, like I did a bit of a double take. To me, it sounded like Pump the Brakes uh, from Vowel Sounds. And I was getting kind of a Vowel Sounds vibe initially. Uh, and this was from a couple Narines back when they did Pump the Brakes. Um, and I, I like the energy of the song, and I think the chorus is kind of catchy. And in general, the melodies in the song are pretty decent. Um, and I'm liking what I can make out of the lyrics, but there are a couple of issues that sort of sink this song for me. Like, the harmony vocals are more often off pitch than they are on, I think. 
like at least in the beginning, like you hear on the lines colors compound and draw a line, like the harmony vocals are noticeably flat, which ends up like souring the vocals when they're supposed to be sweetening the vocals. And um, I just think it's important to scrutinize the backing vocals with the same critical ear that you give to your lead. And if they're not exactly right, you gotta re-record them or pitch correct them or just get them right. Um, so, and then, you know, so like, let's say you hear a song and the chorus goes, smoke on the water. And you go, hey, hey what's that song called? Oh, oh, I, we call this drag me around. And you're like, no, no, it's smoke on the water. This, this song really wants to be ultramarine. And that was the song that she wanted to write. And that's the song she wrote. It just wasn't the song that was assigned. Yeah, I thought it was Ghostbusters. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's my usual example, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you stole all my notes. You, you said everything I wanted to say, really. I mean, it's, I thought it was a charming, fun song with really great lyrics, but a lot of those backing vocals really miss their notes. You know, you really need to do more takes and hit those notes or tune them artificially like I do. You know, I, I miss every note. I miss every note. But... Uh, <laughs> I use uh, Flex in Logic to uh, tune them to the right note. And uh, that's how I sound as if I can sing backing vocals when I, I know, when we both know that I can't. Shh, don't give away all of our secrets, Ryan. You can <laughs> sing backing vocals. You're talented. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, but yeah, so uh, sure, you know, Drag Me Around is in the first line of the lyrics, but again, the, the name of this song is Ultramarine, just like you mentioned too. Um, but anyway, okay, so the main thing though is that I can hear the wonderful song within this song, but I think the, uh, the vocal performance is obscuring its qualities. Like, I get that this is a good, wonderful, high-quality composition, that can be done very, very well. But the sour notes on the harmony tank it. It really does. So I get it. I admire uh, this song in some ways. I just wish that uh, the recording was a little bit better. And in particular, those those sour notes just, just really ruin it for me. I'm saying the same thing over and over. That's all right. Stop. Keep going. <laughs> You're really getting the point home. Did I mention anything about the harmonies? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the lowest bidder. Oh yeah, the lowest bitter. I love this guy. Um, I am a lowest bitter partisan. Uh, earlier this week, I was actually listening to some of his older stuff, like Love in the Time of, and I think I used to not take him as seriously as I should have 
there's a bit of novelty to some of that older stuff. And, um, you know, if you combine that with his awful mixing way back then, you ended up with sort of a real mixed bag uh, of uh, impression of this guy. But now he's got his mixing figured out, and he has this kind of wise, laid-back, effortless charm to his singing that really shines in this song. You know, I'm not 100% sold on the fake saxophone, and the lyrics are a little cynical for my taste, but I, I did enjoy this song quite a lot. I like this guy. Yeah, I really love the music on this track. Like, those funky little guitar licks that get sprinkled throughout the song. Like, those little figures really work for me. And the bass is also, like, poppy and driving and keeping things move forward. And he definitely knows how to dial in a synth sound and get it to sound good. Um, I like how the song starts. And, like, I'm bopping around and I'm kind of just waiting for my feel-good experience. And then, like, the chorus sounds lovely, but the words being sung are just, like, a list of symptoms of someone who has some serious issues. And, like, it's kind of a drag. Like, it's at odds with the sort of joyous feeling of the surrounding music, which is a little bit jarring. I mean, I like it. It's just the... Uh, like, the music is, like, good and hummable and catchy and all of that. It's just that it's just... It's like, I just feel bad for the singer. It's like, oh, I'm sorry you have all that baggage. It's like, ugh, yuck. You know, and like, it's just so direct and so like, I'm just telling you my problems and not sort of drawing my problems or painting them for you. It's just, here they are. The anti-hide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I have mixed feelings about the song, but there are definitely parts that I really enjoyed in it. Like, I just want to say, save it for your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't work out your emotions in music. Who does that? Yeah, who does that? (laughs) All right, uh, let's work out some emotions with mandibles. Drag me around to Kentucky. opening of this song like it's got this cool sort of americana finger-picked guitar sound which i think sounds really great um and cybronica's vocals are just sounding like strong and lovely uh, per usual like i like the verses even though they're almost just listing a, a a number of places that she's been dragged around to but the the melody is bluesy and it's like combined with the guitar gives me just this kind of cool um, you know, kind of folky, bluesy Americana vibe that I'm really liking. Um, I also really like the bridge, which kind of brings in this sort of age of Aquarius sort of element that, I'm, that I also like. Um, but, like, I'm not really loving the theme of the song, you know. 
like most of us, we work at a desk and we want to be a touring musician. Like we, you know, we have healthcare and we have benefits and maybe we have steady pay. And like, but we live in the mundane world of printers and scanners and office equipment, and it just seems weird. Like it's the grass is always greener, but like, like tell me a story of being on the road or touring. Like, don't tell me about like how you want to be an office worker. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't yeah. didn't really that part didn't really work well for me. Well, I mean, I don't know. I could get that. It's like I I'm very much a realist nowadays. Where, you know, I, I think we've even mentioned it on the podcast before where you know if we got to a position where we got some publicity and people wanted to see jerkatorium live you know it's like would we tour the united states in a van no no of course not (laughs) no absolutely never i mean that's who do you think i am i'm not gonna get in a van for anything but it does sound romantic right like i want to i want to be sold on the romance of of doing it i just don't want to do it i don't want to be cold and hungry and worried about our pa getting stolen you know, it's like I don't want to be rushing from place to place because we got to make another 50 bucks at this next all night show or something like that. I mean, it's like I just the realistic part of it yeah. is is like that. And I feel that way about everything. You know, it's like, you know, about every kind of fantasy that you can imagine is not <laughs> as good as you want it to be. You want to have a uh, uh, you want to have an affair with your letter carrier. That sounds like fun, but she's going to be at your house every day, <laughs> right? You right. know, at some point or another. And so, if it works out great, that's not going to be good. If it works out bad, it's not going to be good. You know, it's like if you have any any of these fantasies are not going to be what you want it to be. And same thing with this too. It's like this is this is not what I wanted to talk about with this song, but I just wanted to disagree with you. <laughs> okay, point registered. You should say what you liked about this song. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, well, I'm going to start off saying what I didn't like. I had bad distortion on my version. Did you? Or was that just me? I didn't notice it if there was any. Huh. In my pods, there were there was bad distortion. There was like this crunch, 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 kind of all the way through of distortion. And uh, that was very distracting. But otherwise, you know, it was a good song, an excellent vocal performance, and that guitar just sounds lovely. Yeah. You know? The bridge that you thought was the uh, sort of Age of Aquarius stuff, it kind of took me out of it because it was talking about, I don't know, it, it sounded almost like a commercial, you know, <laughs> just breaking in with, uh, with a you know, very well-produced commercial in the middle of this, this lovely kind of folky song. And it took me out of it. So, yeah. Uh, the slide guitar solo is awesome. A great backing yeah. vocals. But, yeah, that uh, constant crunch, crunch, crunch of the distortion was not fun. If uh, I, you know, if that's a problem with my own setup or something like that, then I feel bad about mentioning it. But on the other hand, again, I can't imagine that my experience of it wouldn't be the same as just about anybody else listening to it, you know, on earbuds, uh, over your iPhone, you know, in whatever setting you're in, you know, streaming it or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I just experienced it as I experienced it, as I imagine most people would, except for you, maybe. Yeah, I uh, for some reason it didn't really stick out to me, like on my headphones. Like maybe the the enhanced bass covered it up, like because you're not getting a lot of the bass on your earbuds. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Uh, I'll I'll try again on uh, on the headphones, but of course not before this uh, yeah. podcast because we're not going to go back and record over this. Yep. Too late. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, let us talk about Max Bombast for a while. falsetto sounds really nice and i really like that he keeps it going throughout the song you know in the past i feel like he's used it for effect uh but in this song it's kind of the base uh b-a-s-e and not b-a-s-s uh and that's really cool and different and interesting um and the song uh, you know just sort of the instrumentation and everything has a bit of a sonic youth vibe i thought and um, it's one of my favorite songs of the round. I liked it a lot. That was really good. Yeah, it's really good. I think it, maybe you're getting that Sonic Youth vibe from the like guitar riffs that like I don't know if like somehow they do a pitch bend on the guitar riff. Yeah. Like and it sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. The layered guitars with yeah some of them bending and some of them maybe not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't watch his video this time. I, I've seen previous videos but uh and i should go back and see yeah i should too but i every time i watch these videos i'm just like oh he's so fucking talented i hate him <laughs> yeah where he does a take and it's usable yeah i hate yeah. that i hate that so or he much. just sings perfect harmonies without like having to work them out ahead of time or whatever it's just like fuck that guy <laughs> oh but anyway a uh, great song max if you're listening fantastic uh like mixing his falsetto with his sort of natural voice i think works well in later verses uh you know, if I had to criticize something, I'd say the guitar solo at the end of the song was maybe a bit phoned in, a little bit of a letdown, just not the same quality as everything else around it, which is fantastic. Um, and the ending with Max getting out of the car and then, like, into the field recording is just super well done. Like, you can hear the car start and the door slam and, like, like the backing music kind of muffles. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's just really well done and it sounds really realistic. It was just like a great piece of uh, audio production, like yeah, on that part. And then it was like, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. So next up, we've got Moss Palace. Salvation Everyone takes it 
See, I like that it starts out with kind of dirty, fuzzed-out guitars and with some sort of angular guitar stabs, and that Aaron's vocals uh, has a bit of distortion on it, too, which I think also sounds great. So it sets a cool mood right at the start. And, you know, I'm going to have to say this, but while this song is well-produced and performed, it just doesn't really do it for me, and I think it's because I don't like the chorus. Like, initially, the chorus is short, and the melody is just unsatisfying and it feels incomplete. Like, it's all tension and no release. And at the end, the chorus, like, you get, like, multiple repeats of the chorus, but there's no variation or no conclusion. And the song at the end just leaves me feeling unsatisfied. Like, it's, it's like, got a bunch of interesting pieces in it and it sounds cool and it sets a great mood and Aaron can really sing... But I just kind of was left feeling like I didn't, I didn't really get a lot out of it. I, I enjoyed it fine enough. Uh, I thought the distorted bass guitar was quite a choice, and it works really well with the organ, and seems to maybe be going for like a, a Doors type sound. I thought at parts it, it kind of had echoes of um, of maybe going for that. But there was a bit more of an angry sounding energy and drive to the song. Uh, I thought it was strong. Uh, Strong song, big choices, and uh, a lot of success with those choices. So if it suffers, I think it suffers for the same thing that a lot of these uh, bands uh, are suffering this round, which I kind of alluded to earlier, where I think a lot of these are a little slower uh, this round. We're not getting as happy and upbeat um, numbers. And I wonder, again, I wonder if, if maybe there's a little fatigue. But... Uh, at, at the moment, I can't even remember if that really applies to this song. I just remember strong choices, a lot of distortion, a distorted bass guitar, and uh, yeah, interesting sounds. And I thought they worked. Cool. All right, let's move on to Nick Soma. This is some of the pop, uh, poppiest stuff that I can remember ever hearing from Nick Soma. It, it just sounds nice. It sounds kind of like something that uh, that you'd hear that would be well-produced that might be on the radio or something, at least more than any of the other Nick Soma songs. The acoustic guitar and organ sounds nice. Uh, it's a great song, but I never really got sucked into it, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I had a similar thing, so... like. I didn't really like the way the song started out. Like, it starts kind of dark and moody, 
there's a lot of sort of the melody is kind of low and you know the first two minutes or so it's a pretty low energy and it's starting to kind of drag me around a little bit and then like we get to the pre-chorus and it's like hey that's pretty good and like i'm getting lifted out of this kind of dark and moody funk i'm in and then like by the time the song sort of gets to the end we're at this like breathe in breathe out section and it's all like sunny and bright and feeling good and it like makes you feel like the first two minutes of self-reflected sort of tortured artist stuff was worth it because like now there's this great release at the end and it like it's it's kind of a feeling of relief sort of at the end and i think i think that sort of saves the song and like a lot of the judges i think really liked this song like this was rated pretty highly and I, I think it's just because the ending is just powerful and it feels satisfying. Yeah, yeah. All right, so next up we've got uh, Simansky. time getting into the song I think one of the problems is that there's just not a lot of uh, variation in the song's energy levels so the song just kind of mostly plods along at the same level like the vocals like all sound good like they've got this multi-track harmony vocal that stays static through the entire song like the vocal sound doesn't change at all throughout the entire song and it might have been better to use some of those like Vom Vorten tricks, <laughs> like where you uh, save up some of those things, like adding harmonies to the vocals to make the choruses pop. Like you need some variations and some change-ups to, to kind of build interest in the song as it goes along. This was all kind of one note for me. Um, although there were some aspects that I thought were super interesting, like I really loved the distortion sound that uh, he got on his guitar. Like, it's not like an analog distortion or, a, you know, too much gain distortion. Like, it almost sounded like it was bit crushed or something, or some sort of digital effect on it that I thought sounded really good. Um, yeah, this song was well-performed, and it sounds good. It just didn't hold my attention. Huh. I wonder if we listen to different songs. I mean, I, I don't really um, sort of disagree with your general sort of a, a notion of it, but I thought there were some dynamics in the instrumentation uh, though I, I didn't pay as much uh, to attention to the backing vocals to, to notice that they didn't build there. Anyhow, I, I thought it was a strong, confident vocal performance and I like that. Um, overall, the song seems a little spare, uh, a little sparse and that isn't bad. It certainly sets up 
the dynamics as the instrumentation builds towards the end of the song, though. So I noticed maybe a little bit more on the dynamics, but you might have been focused elsewhere in the song because uh, I was, you know, when I when I when I refer to the dynamics, I'm just talking about yeah. the instrumentation. Definitely, so. instruments came in and went out, so it wasn't as static as I made it sound. But yeah, but I mean, you're supposed to be listening to the vocals most anyway, so yeah. it makes sense that it's going to make the biggest impression. Okay, let's see. We've got Third Cat next. Drag me around, pull me through the wire, pushing yourself till my ears on fire, tired of your game, subtle differences. Through your knife with my brain, I know you're not really insane. You just drag me around, pull me through the wire, pushing your sound through my ears on fire. Tired of your game, sudden sequences. Through my life with your pain, I know you're not really insane. You just drag. Oh, you know, I love Third Cat. Um, they do a combination of cool things here, uh, messing with the tempo and the tuning. And the song as a whole is good, but it never resolves and it doesn't really seem to land anywhere. But maybe that means it lands with pareidolia, you know? I'm not sure. That's the thing. I didn't sort of get the whole uh, three-song suite. Uh, I like the song, but it's sort of just out there. Uh, Wasn't my favorite Third Cat song, I guess. Yeah, I think this was sort of messed up by the challenge. Like, uh, to me, it worked more as an interesting, like, soundscape and kind of skit rather than sort of like a whole song on its own. And that was probably exactly what the intention was. Like, you know, this was probably a very solid bridge between the two songs. Uh, It had like a lot of compelling elements. They just didn't come together cohesively for me. Um, I thought Third Cat's voice sounded rich and full. And I really liked all the warp textures and floaty reverb and delay sounds. And, like, I thought his guitar sounded a little bit like a saxophone when it first came in. Like, so I thought that sounded really cool. Uh, There's also some really cool drum fills and switches and rhythm. And, like, overall super interesting. It just didn't really grab me as a cohesive song. And it probably wasn't meant to. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I love those those things that he does with the, the tuning and tempo. But I wish they were kind of featured in a different song. And they are in some of his songs. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I should just go back and listen to them. Uh, but not not that I shouldn't listen to this. This is, you know, it was nice enough to listen. All right. Uh, and then finally, before we get to the shadows, the last entry alphabetically is Rectum.
I think just like Grumpy Mike and some of the other songs that we mentioned earlier on, you know, this song survived because two judges loved the song while the other three gave much lower scores. Uh, two judges actually put it dead last. And um, I don't know. Uh, this song is very much what it is. It's very rectum. Uh, except for the chorus, the entire song is talk singing. Uh, so there's no melody to speak of, really. Um, having said that, these guys seem like a whole lot of fun. Uh, but this isn't going to go on to my Zoom playlist either. Yeah, I would have ranked this song last. I would have been one of the judges who gave this a one. Uh, it just didn't do it for me. I know that they're trying to be funny, but the whole like trucker and marmot buddy story like just didn't land for me. Um, like the whole thing sort of felt, you know, juvenile and like not in a good way. Like I could I could rip a few bong hits and I'd really laugh at the song. It wasn't like that. It was more like. It made me feel like a disappointed fifth grade teacher, like grading their lyrics, and like you know, I, I, and noticing that "marmot" was misspelled. I just want to get out my red pen and say, <laughs> "Try again." This just feels like a low effort like song. I mean, there are some neat sounds here. I like. I, I appreciate the squealy horns that like happen in places on this. That they're kind of buried in the mix. That sound really cool. And like it's and like I kind of get that sort of trucker hick sound to it that sounds pretty cool and maybe like if it was sort of used in a like more ironic and interesting way but I don't know overall this was a big miss for me yeah the talk singing yeah uh, it's you, you kind of know you're gonna get it in a rectum song right I mean it happens yeah yeah yeah. All right, so now we're into the shadows, and alphabetically, the first shadow I have is Dented Bento. Chased the sun to California, didn't stop, I kept on going. Living in a ghost world, few can see your ripped and faded memory. Limping barefoot over coral. Crashing nights on borrowed futons Puppet in the wars of destiny My tattered strings reminding me I never know where I'll be tomorrow I never know where I'll sleep tomorrow A shadow in a shroud dragged me around So I actually wondered if I had gotten a bad MP3 or something because there's like this farting motorbike sort of sound. It sounds like a motorbike's getting revved up throughout the entire song. And I wondered if it was like a weird glitchy recording artifact, but maybe it's a conscious addition. I don't know. Uh, so I thought that was a little bit weird and just generally kind of bad. Uh, I, I really like the stereo rhythm guitars that came in during the chorus. Like, they just kind of exploded into my headphones on the chorus, which I thought was really good. Sort of wakes me up and lifts up the chorus and kind of gets me into the song. Um, I think Ivedge's vocal here sounds pretty good in the final choruses. And he's got kind of this Bowie-esque sort of delivery style in places that I'm really liking. But uh, overall, I had a hard time getting over that omnipresent farting motorbike sound. 
I thought the farting made the song. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, okay, in general, this song is a fabulous song, but that synthesizer that is so low that it's incomprehensible, so low that it almost sounds like percussion, that is brilliant. Um, is that I the farting like, motorbike? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, the thing is, it's like when you, like when I, uh, program synthesizers and I'm like sometimes uh, auditioning different sounds and things like that uh, you, you sometimes have to you know bring things up an octave or a couple octaves or something or move the octaves around and sometimes you even want something like a, an octave down but as soon as you get down there it's it just doesn't register pretty much in one way or another I mean it still makes sound but the sound is you know individual blips that you can practically hear and that's what he did here uh, and I feel like he had to be thinking that's too low. It's wrong. It's bad. It won't work. So I'll feature it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and okay. So he like doubles down, and it's kind of awesome and ballsy, and I love it. I mean, it's <laughs> like it's like if I were doing that, I would say, oh, we, well, we can't use it because it doesn't sound right. But I love that he had the freedom to. To just go ahead and say that's way too low. It sounds all wrong. You can hear the individual of the of the sound waves, and he said, "So let's do it. Let's put it in and make it loud enough so everybody can do it." You know, otherwise the guitar work is good and very interesting, and the vocal performance is good. And so yeah, I I admire the hell out of this song. I admire what he did when we did today's the day. Uh, our cover i wanted to get you know a very 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 low bass uh with the clav but if you go too low with the clav you uh end up with this with this this weird farting noise um and i pushed it as low as i could get without it i think i set the key based on not your vocal but based on how low i could get the the clav to sound without sounding just unintelligible so yeah, this is this is very interesting. I, I I admire it. I see I see what you did there, inflatable <laughs> vegetables, and I like it. I'm and, glad uh, you solved you. that mystery. Like, it's yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. If if you like get out your keyboard and try some different like synthesizer sounds and just keep on going further, further, further down, you know, until you it doesn't make any sense until you can't sense a note there but you hear this that's that's what you get okay all right let's move on to virgo power when i was young i found a stone and in that stone i saw I love the Omnichord. You know, it sounds so nice and so chimey and retro. 
uh, the vocal performance is strong and confident and sounds great, and I like that. Uh, the lyrics are sort of borderline G- Gertrude Stein, and I can't tell whether they're genius or just lazy, so I'll give the benefit of the doubt and assume that they're genius. I, I thought it was a lovely song, and I like it a lot. It might have some some uh, rhythm problems uh, here and there, but who cares? It's great. Cool. So uh, I hate the Omnicord. Uh, I feel like it has no dynamics and it's like strictly in the ice picks, like part of the spectrum. So, uh, and you know, the high end is just super unbalanced because there's no drums and no bass. So it's all mid and high range and like, it just hurts my ears. Uh, so yeah, I also thought the singing was great. Like, uh, I thought the singer like had a Brian Wilson vibe and I was like, this is nice. Like, I don't know who this singer is, but, like, they're good. They're really good. So I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, I just I just had a hard time with the unbalanced, ice-picky sort of sound in this song. Yeah, I can get that. But uh, like we both said, the vocal performance is, is strong. Yeah, It right sounds on. like she, if you told me that she wanted to annoy her neighbors, I would be like, yeah, that totally tracks. You know, <laughs> if she wanted her neighbors to hear this through the wall, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can hear it. And I mean that in the best way possible. It's like, it's just really good and confident. And yeah, I like it. All right. So finally, we've got Lycanthrope. I like the backing track to this song. I think it, it sounds a bit melancholy, and normally that the kind of MIDI instrumentation that he uses doesn't really work for me, as it also tends to have not a lot of dynamics. Um, and I like it here, and I'm beginning to think that it gives Lycanthrope songs some of that Lycanthrope flavor, or like at least makes them distinctive and sound out. Um, and I like the way he... like. Like, there are some spaces in the song where Lycanthrope isn't singing, and there's a couple just, like, notes, like, that do, like, a little descending line or something that fill in those spaces. So you get continuity, and I'm like, hey, he's really working the MIDI here. Like, I think the backing track is doing its job. And, um, like, Lycanthrope said on the boards that he really struggled with the verse melody, and, like, he felt he did kind of a crappy job, and he was happier with the chorus, and... Like, I just kind of want to say, I feel it's like the opposite. Like, I actually liked his singing on the verse. Like, especially, like, that line, um, I heard the notes reverberate, which he's talking about, like, 
how the singer is like, you know, going to see live music and he's like encouraged and wants to create music on his own. And I feel like that line like landed, it was on beat and on pitch and like like that part of the final verse I thought was good and it had a nice bit of feeling and carried some emotion with it. So like I think there's some encouraging things here, but there was also a lot of kind of melodies that were you know, squishy and not in place, especially on the chorus and some sort of, you know, uh, some timing that was sort of off and a little bit hard to take. But there were moments where this song really shined. I feel like I should have gone first because uh, I'm not going to say very many nice things <laughs> about it. <laughs> All um, right. I thought it sounds like, you know, like and throat from a couple of years ago. I thought, you know, it's uh, great lyrics as always the story of the song is, is wonderful and kind of uplifting. And, uh, you know, it's about a trucker who sort of gradually turns towards making his own music, which, you know, through going to like open mics and stuff like that. And he, he says, I can do that. And, uh, and starts getting the equipment to do that. And I, I think that's, you know, really inspiring and it's really cool, but, uh, stylistically in terms of the, the music itself and the instrumentation, I think it's a step back to well-worn, comfortable territory for like and throat. Uh, at least that's, that's how it seemed to me. Um, but yeah, uh, great, wonderful lyrics uh, as usual. Um, but yeah, I, I've already said it. He's gone back to what he used to do, which, was fine enough as it is, but we've heard it. Not back on it, Ryan. Still on it. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> That's a. I didn't expect to hear a salesman drinking coffee at this hour. Oh, yeah. Like that, they might be giant song. Yes. yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, back on a... that old time is money kick. <laughs> is that Rabbit Child? Oh God, is it? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's from Flood. Okay. Uh, it, it just it just like clicked something somewhere in my <laughs> lizard brain, and I'm like, where the hell is that from? Oh my god! Yeah, okay, still, yeah. All right, Fits. fine. So we're done. We've done all the songs. Uh, do you want to just talk about how shitty the judging was? Um, I've kind of peppered it through here, uh, but yeah, I, uh, and I've also mentioned a little bit of that in the beginning. Uh, I think I had a couple things that really stood out for me. Yeah, like, yeah, go for it. There were people who voted Rectum ahead of Max Bombast. In what fucking world is that possible? Yeah. Like, who are these people Like, who think this Rectum song is better than Max Bombast? Like, yeah. I, 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 I just... It's in-fucking-conceivable to me. And I'm sure it is to Max Bombast as well. Yeah, we, we might not get that if they had to stand by their votes. Yeah, or if they had to write reviews. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that were more than a sentence, Johnny Catchpoint. Yeah. 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 Eh. Anyway, I'm just sounding bitter and like a dick here, so I'll stop. No, I mean, it's... I. We've also... We've been on both sides of this. Yeah. Uh, more than once. We've uh. been competitors more than once. We've been judges more than once. For Nurine and for Spin Tunes. And... Uh, so some of it we get, and it just seems, and it might just be we're away from it now. We're not judging this round, but it seems like it's never quite been this bad. These two judges judging somebody high and, and everybody else judging them dead last, you know, that sort of thing. That, I don't know. 
I, I'm sure that if I go back and do the math, it's not all that different than other Nurines, but it just seems really bad this time around. Yeah. Oh, well. Although they did get the broad strokes right. Like, I do like that Hyde one. I thought she was well-deserving of her first-place victory. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, that's the same. And we've said this in previous uh, podcasts, too. Uh, the people who end up winning these things are the right people. So, And I kind of trust that uh, it'll all work itself out. You know, I thought that Bafo Yuck's dudes was eliminated too early. I thought the song that they were eliminated on was one of their best songs I've ever heard from them. But does that mean that they're going to win this? History says maybe not. You yeah. know, <laughs> statistics <laughs> says it seems it's pretty unlikely. But at least, you know, I thought they deserved to go on to the next round. And you can say that about, about a bunch of different things, but when it comes right down to it, if we thought that uh, Ever Knievel, you know, was really good, and I did. But I can still hear from the production that it's probably unlikely that they'd make the top two, you know, eventually. Well, who knows? Maybe. I did love the song. It was one of my, you know, top uh, top two, maybe the top song of this round for me. But uh, they, they'd have to really, really, really bring it for Ever and maybe up their production to win this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, this was certainly an interesting batch of songs. Yeah, again, a, a little bit more low energy with a couple of standouts, with a couple exceptions, uh, relatively low energy, and I wonder if the fatigue is setting in for some of these. So what, do you, what are your top three, if you had to pick three? Oh, my God, I'd have to go over my notes again. Uh, Ever Knievel, um, Max Bombast, and uh, I'm not going to count Crown Chai, and I'm not going to count The Shadows. Right. Hyde was so good. So good. So I might do Hyde, Max Bombast. The lowest bitter was good, too. I think for me it would be Hyde, Ever Knievel, uh, Max Bombast, and Governing Dynamics. I think those would be my top four. Yeah. I think that's the same with me, except instead of Governing Dynamics, who I liked... I would do oh the lowest bitter yeah. yeah, but yeah, all in all, a bunch of good songs. Uh, uh, other than Ever Knievel, though, I'm not sure that any of these are going to go on my playlist. Um, you know, even though I did like the Max Bombast song a whole lot, I don't think it's going to make it on there. So even though I like the Hyde song a whole lot, I'm not sure that I want to listen to it over and over and over again. You know? Yeah. There's a there's a difference. Like you can really admire something and then just not really want to to have it playing over and over again. Yeah, the songs you want to hear over and over again are the ones that make you feel good, like you know that get you kind of moving around and like just give you like that rub off on you in a positive way. Like you can appreciate a song intellectually and get all of the parts, but then there's just songs that hit you in the feels. <laughs> And those are the ones that you want to hear. It's like, this is going to bring me up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, this might just show people how stupid I am. But um, I think that part of that, too, is that some of those better songs are less challenging to the listener. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like if I want something to listen to like while I'm on a treadmill or while I'm doing work or while I'm just hanging out or something like that. Uh, I want something that can just be pleasant in the background and something enjoyable and something that has good associations and not have to, you know, map out five, four, switching to three, four, <laughs> <laughs> not to rub that in, but you know, that's an example, you know, it's a good song and, uh, 
I don't want to. I, I want to be able to just head bob instead of head bob. You know, in the in the right order. <laughs> right, right. Uh, take five works for me in five four. I think it's the only yeah. song that does. <laughs> well, there's there's also "Living in the Past" by Jethro Tull. You're probably not a huge Jethro Tull fan, but the but how well it uses five four is just sort of uh, in you know undeniable. It's the it's one two three one two three one two one two one two three one two three one two one two. If you heard it, you'd get it. But yeah. it's it seems just so natural and flows so very 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 well. And I'm not saying that they did five four wrong here. I'm at relitigating this. I'm not <laughs> saying they did it badly. I'm just saying that they could have done something better, and something better would be something that more people could vibe to and groove to. And again, I'm not relitigating this. We'll have Glenny calling our uh, <laughs> hotline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glenny has both of our email addresses, so I'm sure we'll hear from him if he's displeased. I'm cutting all of this out. I might not be kidding. <laughs> all right. This is a wrap. Uh, we're done. Do you want to um, maybe, do you want to give some shout outs? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, shout out to uh, Brian and Alan. Yeah. Let's see. Thanks for being the reason that uh, Jerkatorium exists. And uh, what else? Uh, thank you to my husband, uh, Andre. Uh, thanks for all the love and support. Um, what else? Things are opening up again, so I'm going to actually be able to see more family. They're not going to listen to this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thanks to Nivius for... Uh, keeping Nurain rolling as well as it's going. And I, I guess that's it for me. Cool. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Lunkhead, first of all, because he has to keep like the song fight like site and boards operating. And like he has to run all the fights. And, you know, people just, I think, take all the work that Lunkhead does as Fightmaster for granted. Um, just want to say, I see you, Lunkhead. I see the good work you're doing. Um, and I'm sorry, like, the SFBB is kind of a sucky board and it breaks when people put weird UTF-8 characters in their posts. Anyway, I just, just want to say thank you, Lunkhead, for everything you do. Um, also, just like, uh, just thanks to everybody in the Songfight community for being cool. Like, I've enjoyed talking to y'all on Discord and Slack recently. I think it's been awesome. Um... And, of course, I'd like to thank my wife, Sarah, for putting up with me and uh, making just a killer brunch this morning and not, like, yelling at me for having to sneak away at noon to do this podcast. So thanks for that. And uh, also, thank you, Brian and Alan, for being awesome and being fans and uh, just generally being filled with good ideas. 